Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hi, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene. This is Rachel Fisher. Hi, this is Desi Jedekin. <laughs> Sorry. Was I trying to sound like professional? I, you know what? Because we did a test before and I, I did a really high, high. So this time I tried to do it low and I overcompensated. It was very sensual. I was like, hi. It was sultry. <laughs> Please don't email me about <laughs> my sultry high. You know what? <laughs> We did look. I, I'm going to go through the listener emails we got this past week for our mini episode. But I we did get a very nice Patreon message. Oh, from one of our listeners talking about our voices. Okay, that made me smile. Oh, that's nice. I think I responded to that message. Okay, I'll have to look. I meant to respond to that one. That's nice. Yeah, we also got some other listener emails. I'm. We're going to get to them. Okay, this is a different show. That's Friday. <laughs> Like I'm a little guys, out of it today. What do we get do it together? What do we do at the top of the show? We we thank our Patreon contributors. They donated over at patreon.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. Gonna upload a Mysteries of Macabre, ep- Macabre episode later. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I have to laugh whenever we make a fumble as if we would ever not do that. Dude. It's uh, been a day. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to upload some bonus episodes, some new bonus episodes this week. But if you're just joining the Patreon, there's like 150 bonus episodes yeah, up there. There's a lot. We've been there's we've hours been, and hours. I don't know how many hours of content that is, but it's a lot. Yeah, you're not just donating shit for free. No, you're getting stuff. You're actually getting stuff. <laughs> okay, so this week we had less Jordan. Salamone, Claudia, Megan, Anne, Anne with an E, Suzanne with an E. <laughs> no, that's with it. S U Z. Caitlin, Carrie Ann, Veronica, Jessica, Locker, Debbie, Roger, Selena, Erica, Kathleen, Leo, Liz, Sonia, Carly. Amanda, Gia, and Jennifer. Thanks, guys. Thank you guys so much. Okay, Desi, it's the final week of Halloween month. Yeah. I'm a little sad. It went fast. It went really fast this year. Yeah. Look, time means nothing in 2020. <sighs> it's, could, it's either very long or very short. Like right. It's always sort of off Like somehow. if you woke me up tomorrow and you're like, actually, it's still March, I'd be like, okay, I believe that. I feel like June was like last month. Oh, totally. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I just, I don't know why that's my thing that I'm always like, June was that long ago? <laughs> Doesn't seem possible. How is it the end of October right now? No. And I know like you say that every year when you're an adult, but come on, let's be honest. This year's a little different. It's a little weirder. I don't say it as much as I feel it now. Right. I mean, I feel like we should have never said it before this year. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like we were just being dramatic then. Like, wow, this year has really gone by fast. Like, no, this year, it's not that it's gone by fast. It's that like time is a flat circle. Yes. I just don't know where, where we are. Right. Like like November could go by as slow as March did for all we know. We don't yeah. know. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. That being said, you know what else is scary? What's that? The 1988 David Cronenberg film, Dead Ringers. One of my favorites. Starring Jeremy Irons. Love him. And Jeremy Irons. (laughs) In a double role. Is this the first thing you saw him in, do you think? No, no. The first thing I consciously remember seeing him in was probably The Man in the Iron Mask when I was a teenager. (laughs) (laughs) I totally forgot about that movie. The only reason I knew who Jeremy Irons was in that movie is because I had a poster of The Man in the Iron Mask, like the movie poster, even though that movie sucked ass. Who Who else is in that movie? 
Uh, Jeremy Irons, Leonardo DiCaprio. Right, Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Fuck okay. if I know. Yeah. I just remember- One of those hot actresses who never was in anything else. Yeah. yeah like- I mean, this movie came, that movie came out right after Titanic did, so everyone had really high expectations. Right. And I went to it opening night with my best friend, Lauren. Happy birthday, Lauren. I don't know if she listens to the show. Okay. It was her birthday a few days ago. Yeah. But we went like opening night and we just like looked at each other. We're like, that was awful. Yeah, I but, don't think I saw it. But we saw all of Leo's movies okay. back then. Anyway, but I feel like that is the instance I first was like consciously aware of Jeremy yeah. Irons. I mean, also Scar. Oh, yeah, he's Like Scar. his voice is yeah. Scar. But I wasn't like, oh, that's Jeremy Irons. Who's Jeremy Irons? <laughs> <laughs> you weren't like eight. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, I've seen a million movies with him in it, and he's a great actor. Right. But I actually feel like this might have been my first time I knew who he was, Dead Ringers. Like, I didn't see it when it came out, but I saw that movie, Probably that was probably the first thing I knew him from. I mean, it was a really big movie for him. Yeah, and I also was familiar with um, Reversal of Fortune, which he won yes. an Academy Award for. A so few years later. I kind of knew who he was, even though I don't think I saw that movie till later. Uh, both of those movies I saw later, but I, I think those might have been the first time I was aware of him, which are both sinister or creepy roles. I read on Wikipedia that Jeremy Irons thanked David Cronenberg in his Academy Award speech for Reversal of Fortune. So I guess Dead Ringers really did a lot for his career. Yeah. I mean, I think that might be his first big movie. Oh, I also love Damages. Oh, yeah. That's such a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I need he's to go watch that. He's just such a hot creep. I love him. Yeah, he's great. And he really nails it in this double role yeah. of Beverly and what's the other dude's name? I don't remember. Look, they're creepy as fuck. They're yeah. twin gynecologists in Dead Ringers. Yeah. The creepiest twin career you could have. Honestly? <laughs> Have you ever had, first of all, have you ever had a male gynecologist before? No, and I will tell you that this movie might be why that and my cousin growing up always said he wanted to be a pussy doctor. What? He said pussy doctor? Yes, he said pussy doctor. (laughs) So I grew up (laughs) thinking to never trust a man who wanted to be a gynecologist. (laughs) Forgive me. That is my impression. I was like, every male gynecologist was a teenage boy who said they wanted to be a pussy doctor. <laughs> like, that is my prejudice. I am sorry. Like, because so my cousin ruined it because I, I just always think, and then combine that with dead ringers, I'm like, male See? gynecologists are fucking creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. That is a, uh, you a know, pussy doctor. A I was pu- like, what is that? that? That's a thing? Like, to, I had no idea. To be fair, if I became a gynecologist, I would absolutely call myself a pussy doctor. <laughs> I mean, truly. But if a guy says it, it is creepier. No, a teenage boy saying it was literally the most vulgar thing I <laughs> and, had ever and, heard. And the, <laughs> and the fact that he actually went on to do it. Who? Your cousin. Did he become one? No, no, oh, no. <laughs> I was like, he did? (laughs) I was so confused. No, 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 no. That was the first time I ever heard that that was a career. I didn't know (laughs) that there was such thing as a pussy doctor. But just the way he said it just made me think like every guy was like, yeah, I'm going to be a pussy doctor. Like, obviously, I don't believe they truly think that. It's a very profitable specialty, I'm, I'm sure. No, he didn't become a pussy doctor. I, one time, like the doctor, the regular doctor that I was seeing at the time was out of the office. So they had like the, a different gyno come in to see me and he walked in the room and my legs were in the stirrups and he was fucking hot. Oh, I've heard that. Dude, hot gyno. this guy was so hot. I was like, oh my God, what's going to happen down there when he's like, wait, they would just send a different doctor in without <laughs> telling you? Well, I knew that day. They're like, you'll be seeing doctor whoever this day, okay. doctor hot, hot guy this day. Yeah. Um, and I, like, you have always, like, had women gynecologists before. Right. This guy was fucking smoking hot. I couldn't believe it. I almost That's felt... like... Isn't there, like, a sketch with Mel Gibson? On like SNL? SNL? sketch where he's, like, a hot gynecologist, <laughs> and all the women are like, ooh. I mean, this was before, obviously. Yeah. He had his downfall. <laughs> <laughs> and he was, like, walking into a room, and it was, like, the hot gynecologist, and all the women were like, oh, do you want to do another pap smear? Like... <laughs> Like that kind of shit. That shit is uh, so funny. It was, yeah. I, I think that it's disturbing. You shouldn't be allowed to be a hot guy now. 
I will say, however, that when I was visiting home once a few years ago, I like went to go to a like I was like, oh, go to a gynecol. I had to like get do something. Look, I had to go to the gyno, and I saw the woman who delivered me. Oh, and I was like, this is a like the circle of life. Yeah. I came yeah. out of my mom's pussy, no, and now you're a, inspecting my pussy. It's like this a, is beautiful. <laughs> it's like one of those, um, those like drawings with the fish in a circle, and they're eating each other's. <laughs> like this? Oh, you mean the snake? Oh, I can't remember. I thought it was fish. No, it's a snake. Where there are like three fish? Oh, oh, that. Oh, that image. Yeah. yeah oh, okay. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 It was like. I mean, I, of course, I like brought that up. I was like, you delivered me. Yeah. You delivered me, and from now one pussy to another. From one pussy to another, <laughs> this is great. I mean, it was it, honestly, yeah. it was sweet. Yeah, there was something sweet about that. Yeah, but like, it's just weird. You brought it up to her while her her hand was inside. <laughs> well, she she's was like fisting yeah. me. She's like, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Look, she's from Marin. She's fucking absolutely. She's like, she gets it. Yeah. She's like, yeah, it's groovy. Okay, or whatever. She. Yeah. I don't think she used that word. But I thought. I thought I was like, this is a. Of yeah. course, I would think yeah. that was a heartwarming <laughs> moment. So, needless to say, these male gynecologists, and we're not all male gynecologists. Let's just no. make a statement. I'm sure if not you, all. if you or your husband or your gyno is a man, I'm sure they're wonderful. They are. I'm sure and you they know are. what? These guys. These creepy guys, these are like, this is, this is not the rule. Yeah. This is a big, bad exception. Yep. Okay. So Dead Ringers, the movie directed by David Cronenberg starring Jeremy Irons, is about two creepy but, but uh, world-renowned you know, uh, dinos. Yeah. They're very respected in their field and their downfall. And... Cronenberg really did follow like this true story. It's not just like loosely inspired by. Right. It's basically like it's the a fictional fictionalized version of this these twin stories. Now, my main source for this episode is from a book written by journalist Linda Wolf called "The Professor and the Prostitute and Other True Tales of Murder and Madness." I'm very interested to read the rest of the yeah. chapters in this book. It's like an anthology of weird stories throughout her yeah, career. Yeah, cool. As a journalist, she's a true crime j- journalist, Linda Wolf. Um, it was an interest. It was interesting uh, to read what some of these other chapters were about. So that's my main source. I also got stuff from old newspapers from New York. So let's start at the beginning. Stuart and Cyril Marcus were born June 2nd, 1930 in Binghampton, New York. Do you know Binghampton? I do. I mean, it's not like very famous. Okay. <laughs> I never heard of it. Uh, now, Linda Wolf's book claims that the twins were fraternal, but I saw other articles in newspapers that said they were identical. But regardless, these Marcus brothers, they looked identical. Okay. Sort of like the Olsen twins. They were fraternal, but they looked identical. Right. Now, like many twins, these boys had a unique bond growing up, often speaking to each other in their own made-up twin language. When they were young, the Marcus family moved to Bayonne, New Jersey. In school, they stuck together, raising their hands together when the teacher asked a question, and they remained inseparable on the playground. The boys were not interested in sports, but instead took after their father, who was a doctor at a young age, when he gifted them with a chemistry set. So they immediately were like, this is what we're into. We want to be pussy doctors. (laughs) That is actually what Stuart said to his father when he came in the room and said, what do you want to be when you grow up? He said, we want to be... Father. Father, we want to be pussy doctors. Dude, I always wanted a chemistry set. Same. You know what I did have, though? I had a Creepy Crawlers. Oh, I like that. Dude, I loved making those little bugs, and then you'd leave them all around the house. I think I had like a catalog where they would have toys like that and like chemistry sets and rock tumblers. Oh, my God, the rock tumblers. (laughs) And I wanted all of them. I was like, I want all of these like craft and like science things. Dude, that rock tumbler was so fucking loud. (laughs) Did you ever get one? 
Yes. Dude, it was like, mm. it was the loudest. I was like, well, what, what was I thinking? Dude, Obviously, it's going to be loud. And it would go for like three hours. You had to like leave it on. I swear to God. For what? Like, yeah. and it was like the lamest. <laughs> I didn't even remember what the finished result was. It was I, like a slightly smoother rock. Yeah. Like, it was like, who cares? I could just get this. Right. <laughs> right. I could just buy this. I honestly uh, think I believed I was like, oh, I'm going to make jewels. Yeah. I'm sure I, I had really, some highfalutin idea of what I was going to do like, with a rock tumbler. I was like, this is going to come out like a faceted emerald cut diamond. Yeah. Like I'm going to put some brown stone in it. It will be a diamond yeah, at the end. I do think it. that's my belief. Look, kids like chemistry sets. Yeah. Now throughout the throughout school, these boys they dressed alike and styled their hair the same, Ugh. and they would continue to do this. They did not grow out of that. Yeah, and their personal style was considerably more conservative and formal compared to their classmates. They wore button-up shirts and ties to school. They didn't have any friends because <laughs> they only needed each other. Yeah, and because they were the kids going to school in a tie, probably <laughs> sounds super normal. <laughs> <laughs> They were in the chess club, student congress, and the school newspaper. They even ran for class president and class treasurer, but they both lost. That's pretty sad. Yeah. (laughs) You know they had no shot, but they did it anyway. Look, I understand if you lose going for class president, but going for treasurer, no one wants to be treasurer. That seems like something you just get. You don't have to run for it. Nobody wants to be the treasurer. No. That's like all the work, right? Yes. Though the brothers were not popular with other students, they were well-known in their school just by virtue of being twins and by being like those weird twins. Yeah. So like they were, people did know who they were. They filled a niche. (laughs) Absolutely. Did you have any weird twins at your school? I don't think, I don't really even remember twins. Oh. Uh, There might have been fraternal twins. I have a vague memory, but no, I didn't have weird twins. They were even profiled in their school newspaper where they revealed that if one of them got into trouble at home, their mom would punish both of them because they were so hard to tell apart. That seems psychotic. Yeah. <laughs> She'd be like, no way uh, that backfires. Well, she's like, I might as well punish you too, just in case I got That's it wrong. That's her solution. I'm sorry. First of all, what mother can't tell apart their children, even if they are like identical looking? I'm assuming like a very common thing is that a mother of twins is like, I can tell them apart. (laughs) Like, do you know what I'm saying? I would think so. And I, now I am curious if you are a twin or if you are the mother of twins, have you ever mixed up your kids? Also just her solution though is so insane. It's not a good solution. It's really not a good one. The Marcus brothers went on to medical school to become gynecologists. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Pussy doctors. I like how you're the weird twins and that's your choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I just can't get over it. I know it's so wrong. I don't know why it's creepier. The fact that like, it's not just like one weird guy from school went on to become a pussy doctor. It's that both of them did. Imagine the weirdest guy in your school <laughs> that you found out turned into a guy conscious. <laughs> There's just like, but he also had a twin brother. Right, I mean, that I mean, elevates it for sure. But Oh, my God. So during their residency at Mount Sinai in New York, they were known for being weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> being twins was the central part of their identity, and they seemed to have a compulsion to do everything together. And I mean everything. One of the other residents at the hospital became pregnant. She said that one of the twins checked to see how dilated she was. And when he was done, he called in his brother so that he could check too. Even though it was completely unnecessary, he also had to stick his little gloved fingers inside of her. And she was like, you know, a resident at the doctor. And she's like, uh, you don't, you just, you just checked. He's like, no, we need to get a second opinion. Right. Cyril. Two fingers. Come in here. That's so gross. So she said... Quote, having them in attendance was horrible. She fucking hated these guys. Yeah, that's creepy. A doctor at the hospital who acted as their chief resident said of the twins, quote, they were arrogant, resentful of criticism, and disobedient of orders. Mm. A psychiatrist at the hospital said, quote, when they talked to you, and most of the time they didn't talk to anyone, just to one another, 
you got the distinct impression that their, that their responses were artificial, that they really didn't have the emotions that other people did, but they were aping others' emotions, trying to imitate them. Creepy. That's something I think you see with like sociopaths sometimes. Uh, yeah. Like where absolutely. they're like, I am acting like a person. Yeah. It's always very obvious. Yes. So that's, that's a, something that this psychiatrist noticed about them. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Dr. Alan Guttmacher, who was the head of gynecology, he called the Marcus twins psychic monsters. Ooh. And he was really concerned about them. He was convinced that the twins needed to separate from each other for a while and to form their own identities or that they would continue down this path of just destruction. I mean, typically twins try to differentiate themselves. That's what I'm always hearing. Do you know what I mean? Like not wanting to dress alike and wanting to have their own identity. So it's definitely odd that they're choosing to be so the same. They really thought of themselves as one person, but with two bodies. Yeah. They, I mean, and this was their whole identity. Like they didn't want to have any other identity aside from like being successful doctors, but mainly just being twins. Yeah. Like the fact that they were twins was like, this was something that made them unique. This was something that made, that's, that was like, they were just really special people. Like they believed they were the most special people in the world. Right. So they accentuated anything that was twin-like, I think. Absolutely. He asked them to leave the hospital and he urged them to take up their future residencies separately. Ooh. Stewart went to Stanford Hospital in California and Cyril stayed in New York, transferring to Joint Diseases Hospital. When the brothers were finished with their residencies after four years, they opened up a private practice together in New York. Stewart began dating a journalist from a wealthy Manhattan family, and after six months of dating, they got engaged. According to her, quote, the twins were snobs. I even heard that they denied to some people that their parents were Jewish. Really? The twins were very ashamed of their family. Oh. They didn't, I guess they didn't like that they were Jewish, but they didn't like that they didn't come from some wealthy, like, socialite family they just was like a very humble but the dad was a doctor yeah but i guess he wasn't like a rich super rich doctor or anything like they just like they they did okay but they didn't do like they weren't they weren't like star doctors or whatever yeah yeah, they just for whatever reason the twins were like embarrassed okay they weren't from like royalty yeah i guess it wasn't good enough for them she said um, Stuart was really reluctant to even introduce her to his parents. He was so ashamed. And when he finally did, he was just nervous and weird the whole time. She also noted that he was emotionally and sexually distant from her. He would only kiss her sometimes. They never even had sex, even after they were engaged. She's like, well, are we going to fuck? Why does she get married to him? I Well, okay. Not to mention the fact that Stuart and his brother Cyril were just plain weird. Yeah. She's like, they weren't, it's like they weren't fucking, but they were, he was also a fucking weirdo and obsessed with his brother. Yeah. Uh, this is a quote from her. Cyril once asked me how much my mother made. Oh, wait, sorry. Cyril once asked my mother outright just how much money and property Stuart could expect if he married me. What? My mother was horrified, and Stuart, who has a very high opinion of himself and his brother, but of almost no one else, was always correcting and criticizing other people. One time he got violently mad at me because I said something about the airline Pan Am. What was wrong? I asked him. He said I was being ungrammatical, and he shouted, There's no such airline as Pan Am. It's Pan American. 
<laughs> I hate this guy. Well, she called off the wedding. Good. Yes. That was so smart. She called off the wedding two weeks before the ceremony. She's like, you know what? Fuck you. That is just, I love to hear it. First of all, I would have broken up with you if that's the only thing you did. If you had gotten so pedantic about me calling it Pan Am and not Pan American, goodbye. What guy thinks that that works? The pedantic, like... Do you know what I mean? That is like the most unappealing quality for me. Like even when I like someone and they do that, I'm just like, you know what? Just don't. (laughs) First of all, nobody on the planet calls it Pan American. I've never heard it called that. It's always called Pan Am. Doesn't it literally say Pan Am on the plane? I mean, it's an extra stupid one because she's actually correct and that's what many people call it. Like... So it's not even, even if she yeah. right, even if she was incorrect, it is so fucking pedantic. Yes. It's what a stupid thing to to say. Anyway, so she called off the wedding. And when she told Stuart uh, it was over, he at first didn't even realize what she was saying. Like he just wasn't even like, oh, like he had no reaction. Yeah. She was like, I'm breaking up with you. He was like, It's not over. You're ending the engagement. <laughs> <laughs> then she was like, okay, Stuart, do you get it? I'm taking off my wedding, like my engagement <laughs> ring. She had to physically take off her engagement ring, and that's when he became enraged. Ooh. But he wasn't angry about them breaking up as a couple. He was angry because people had already bought them wedding presents. He's yeah. like, this is a very... Yeah, this is very inconvenient this for is everybody. Very, everyone already, but now they're going to have to return them. Like he had no emotional response to the right. fact that they were breaking up. It was all about It was like, just embarrassing that he had inconvenienced people or something. Yes. yes. Cyril did end up getting married, however. I can't believe these people even were in relationships, let alone got married. Women are just um, so kind. <laughs> Yes, Desi, that's that's what it is. <laughs> now, him and his wife had two daughters together. Whoa. But they divorced nine years later in 1969. His wife complained to friends that he was irrational and a perfectionist and that he didn't like anyone except his brother. Ugh. <laughs> Just so awful. I know. After the divorce, Cyril moved into the same Upper East Side apartment building as his brother, Stuart. They remained inseparable and would never let a woman get between them again. They were in it for the long haul with each other. They went on all their vacations together and dined at fancy restaurants together. Despite the the brothers having zero social life except for each other, their medical career was thriving. They were prominent gynecologists in Manhattan, and they offered cutting-edge infertility treatments. Both brothers wrote a number of scientific papers, and they even co-authored a medical textbook called Advanced Obstetrics... I can't pronounce this word. Obstetrics? Obstetrics and Gynecology. They were on the faculty of the New York Hospital, and they were also on the faculty of the Lenox Hill Hospital. Okay. Like two different hospitals they were right. part of. Though the, bro- the Marcus brothers were greatly respected in their field, they weren't exactly known for their bedside manner. No. I was going to say it's because of their outside work, it seems, that their practices grew rather than their personalities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it yeah. was because they were becoming these highly sought after gynecologists and they had published scientific papers. Well, they, especially infertility, that was probably a burgeoning science. Absolutely. Point, yeah. And they were on the cutting edge of that at the time. So people would go to these guys. Because they want to have a baby. They're like, oh, who cares if he's weird? Yeah. He knows what he's doing. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, both brothers were known to fly off the handle at times, even to patients. One of Stewart's patients asked if a medication he had prescribed her was safe to be taking while pregnant, and he yelled at her for having the audacity to question his judgment. <laughs> That's a pretty simple like question. Like even if it's like even if it, I mean, I'm sure people patients ask a lot of dumb questions. Of course, uh, that's a doctor's job is to answer them. I can't even begin to think about all the dumb things I've asked my psychiatrist before. <laughs> I would love to Uh, see the running list. I would love to see. You know what? That's what's going to happen when I die. I'm going to get all the stupid things I ever asked my psychiatrist before. 
that'll flash through your head. One time I thought I was, uh, like a long time ago, I thought I was gaining weight because of my medication. So I like was like, I'm going to go off my meds. And then I went crazy. And then I, <laughs> <laughs> and then I asked my doctor if, <laughs> anyway, it was stupid. Yeah. It was stupid. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. But these doctors, they had no tact. They had no, uh, like, soft, empathy soft or side. soft side. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that, like, look, have you ever... I've had, like, doctors before that were a little too terse with me. I like doctors who are a little bit cold. What? You? Like, professional. Oh. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want an overly emotional kind of friendly doctor, but I don't want, like sociopath. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, of course. Yeah. I mean, I look, I obviously like the more like touchy feely. Yeah. Whatever kind of doctor. I mean, they're the, my, the doctors I've had are nice. I just don't necessarily need some like earth mother. (laughs) (laughs) I want to get in and out. Like I don't need like, (laughs) but not like that. I don't want, yeah. I don't want someone that's creepy and a dick. Yeah. No, no, no. So another patient named Arlene, who was pregnant, asked Stuart if she could be possibly carrying twins because she had gotten so big. Reasonable question. Yeah. Now Stuart responded with, you pregnant women are all alike. Just because you overeat and get fat, you think you're going to have twins. (laughs) Do you think you could have something as special as me? I don't think so. (laughs) No, that's what Linda Wolf said in her book, that this was like insulting to him. Like, you're not special enough to have twins. You're just fat. Ugh. I mean, I would burst into tears if some doctor said that. I mean, it's like the exact worst possible career choice for them because you're dealing with women in highly emotional hormonal states. Do you know what I mean? Like, it just couldn't be worse. It's awful. Now, Stuart and Cyril seem to lose it at the drop of a hat. Like, we just gave some examples. A nurse who once worked for them quit because of their tempers. She's like, I'm out of here. Yeah. One day during a moment of rage, Cyril threw medical instruments at her. Whoa. By the 70s, it was clear that both brothers had become addicted to prescription drugs. Oh. Now, I've heard this before, and there was an article written in uh, the New York Daily News in the 70s as I was doing my research talking about like sort of this like... There is a epidemic of doctors who are addicted to prescription drugs, and it wasn't something at that time that people were talking about as much, and I imagine it would be like a source of shame. I mean, addiction is like people feel shame over their addiction all the time, and it's still really stigmatized, but... You know, I've I have heard before that like there there are some doctors who do become addicted to prescription drugs. It's Maybe. a pretty common thing too in like TV and movies. Well, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm basing yeah. it on. Is like you see this trope of like the doctor who's addicted to like writing themselves prescriptions and they have access to everything. Yeah, like one of my favorite TV characters, Doctor Gregory House. <laughs> <laughs> who has awful bedside manner but is really hot so it cancels it out. His awfulness though is charming kind of. <laughs> well, he's funny. I mean, funny. that's my own pathol. You know what? You got to be funny if you're going to be awful. There's a charm to house that I don't think these twins <laughs> had. <laughs> yeah. But that would be like the type of doctor I would like, like someone who gives me shit and doesn't let me be like whiny or something. <laughs> like I would like that. <laughs> Dude, Dr. House would make, in real life, if he was my doctor, he'd make me cry so hard. You would be crying and I would be trying to make him love me. (laughs) I would be like, I can make you happy, please. I can fix you. Oh. Okay, so uh, these doctors, they were addicted to barbiturates and amphetamines. Ooh, (laughs) classic combo. You know what? That is a classic combo because you need the amphetamines to get you through the day, but you need the barbiturates to help you sleep. Yeah. And then you got to wake up. Then you got it. It's the never ending cycle. You got to get going. The best part of waking up is crushed up amphetamines in your nose. (laughs) Don't I know it? Don't I know it? Now the brothers filled out their own prescriptions to made up patients, so it didn't look suspicious. Oh. And these guys were popping a lot of pills. Now this is probably something that's much harder to do these days. Probably, because yeah. I feel like there's probably more um, regulations in place. I'm pretty sure there is because one of the articles I read, there was this senator from New York, or no, he wasn't a senator; he was a representative. He was like trying to like crack down on 
um, like hospitals not getting their doctors' treatments and like right. firing their doctors or whatever. I mean, a lot of my knowledge is based on television, <laughs> but I also feel like they do like monitor those sort of addictive drugs more. Like you can't just take them out. Yeah, like in the drug pantry at the hospital. <laughs> Look, I, could, I, like, I could have... Look, I'm sure there's a lot of books I can read about this stuff. Just did not have the time this week. Yeah. But which we're, is interesting. Yeah, yeah, it is. Now, they would be popping these pills and performing operations. <gasps> what kind of operations did well, they do? Yeah. delivering babies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would be really horrified if I found out my doctor was lit while I was... Delivering a baby. Like a C-section too. Like, Dude, yeah. you don't want to fuck that up. That's really scary. Now, in 1972, Cyril collapsed in his apartment after overdosing. The handyman called Stuart, uh, and he seemed to be in a drugged-out stupor himself. They had to break into Cyril's apartment. They found him lying in the foyer, fully dressed. Stuart took one look at him and said, He's dead. The handyman went over to Cyril and could hear him breathing. And he's like, he's not dead. Jesus. He's just... <laughs> he's breathing really slowly. Yeah. Stuart asked the handyman to give him CPR. And the handyman was like, well, you're the doctor. You give him fucking CPR. So yeah. Stuart was so high. He just was He was just like, what? Hey, you, yo, why'd you do it? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. He yelled for help and... There were other doctors who lived in the building, so they rushed over and they performed mouth-to-mouth on Cyril and they saved his life. Wow. Yeah. That's creepy. I imagine like when Cyril like fully comes to and he's talking to Stuart and they're like having a heart-to-heart and he's like, was it scary? Did you save me? He's like, I perform mouth-to-mouth on yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what's creepier? I saved your life. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. 
know if that's better. <laughs> well, at least he wasn't cutting anything. That's true. She ran out of the room to go get help, and she returned with another doctor, and she also returned with the head of the department, who, for some reason, they're like, let him finish, and they just were like, we'll Ugh. supervise. Like, they didn't step in and take yeah. over. They just were like, we'll watch him. We don't want to um, embarrass him. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's that's probably was their logic. Yeah. This is horrific. That's like the old boys club in back in the 70s still, you know? Ugh. Now... <laughs> The following year, Stuart was fucked up and attempting to uh, perform a circumcision. <laughs> Why is... <laughs> this is a nightmare. That's so awful. This is awful. Because I have... I mean, these stories are rare, but I have heard stories before like, oh, someone's circumcision got fucked up. And that's under normal circumstances. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a very rare thing. Absolutely. Very, very rare. But even... I mean, I just feel like look, that is a very delicate part of the body. Absolutely. You want someone with steady hands. At the very least. <laughs> <laughs> the nurse called for help when she saw that there was no way he was going to be able to safely execute this. Fortunately, Stuart was sent home before he could continue the procedure. Ugh. I'm glad that they sent him yeah, home. Yeah, me too. According to an article about the twins in the LA Times, one of the brothers pulled an anesthesia mask off of a patient during surgery and put it over his own face. <laughs> Jesus. And, it's like Dennis Hopper. Yeah, blue I was thinking that, like, this is a Dennis Hopper move. The even weirder thing about this is wasn't even his patient. He had just walked into a room where they were doing surgery and he pulled it off. Can you imagine <laughs> being in that room when that happened? It must have been so shocking. It must have been so scary. Like, did you even scrub your hands? Yeah. Did you even did we do have that? to start all yeah. over? And like, did you, where they do that scrubbing for like three minutes? Yes. Oh my God. Just like, what a night. What if the patient woke up? I mean, it's just crazy. Oh my God. Cyril wound up being asked to take a four-month leave of absence from the hospital after he collapsed and hit his head right outside the OR. I mean, how many chances did these guys get? (laughs) Dude, they got so many chances. That's a lot. That was like part of this uh, thing that this uh, representative in the the mid-70s was like, you guys knew these guys were addicted to drugs and like didn't intervene and they could have like killed so many people. Uh, Okay, so... He collapses. Stuart was also asked to take a month-long vacation. And during this time, the brothers continued to see patients at their own office. So, oh, my God. I mean, the hospital couldn't do anything about that. Yeah. But they were like, take a month-long vacation. Like, they were like, yeah, take a month-long vacation from practicing medicine. Like, go on vacation. And Cyril, yeah. you take four months. But they were like, fuck that. We're still gynos. Yeah. And they continued to gyno practice. Gyno for life. <laughs> you can't stop us from being gynos. Dude. <laughs> Other than twins, that's our thing. Dude. I just imagine that they like, they wear these big t-shirts that say gyno for the number four life. We should make these t-shirts. Gyno. Wait, can you even, I, every time I hear something, I'm always like, David Cronenberg must have lost his shit when he started reading about these guys. I know. Yeah. Because that's, he got the idea for the movie when he saw this story in the paper. It's an unbelievably crazy story and just so many weird details right up his alley. He didn't even have to like change anything in the movie. No. I mean. The only other thing in the movie that wasn't in this book that I read was that they were swapping lovers. Right. Um, they just couldn't get lovers. <laughs> no, I just I just think no one wanted to fuck them. Yeah, exactly. And they also it like it appeared to be that they really didn't have any interest in sex. Yes. Because in the Cronenberg movie, these gynos are horny. Oh, they love fucking. They're yeah. very horny and they're like that part of their game that they're like what gets them off is like switching it's like one guy will right will be dating someone and then he'll be like okay you fill in for me tonight well cronenberg likes to have a weird sexual element of course yeah all of his movies have a weird sexual element so that makes sense absolutely now uh (laughs) uh so according to linda wolf when she asked his former patients why they continued to see these doctors despite their horrible tempers Some women told her that they believed that they were at fault. Like the questions they asked, like, oh, it was a stupid question. Right. 
uh, that they must have done something to make them mad. Now, other women told Linda that because the doctors weren't as in demand as they were in the 60s, they felt that the brothers could give them a lot of attention. Okay. So it was like we would spend hours talking with them in the office. Yeah. Because they didn't have any other patients coming in. Yeah. In 1975, Dr. Fritz Fuchs, who had who was the chairman of obstetrics and gynecology, confronted the Marcus brothers about their suspected drug addiction. He informed them that unless they cleaned up their act, they would be let go from the staff of the hospital. The twins were also being investigated by the New York Medical Society on complaints from patients that they hadn't filed insurance forms. The brothers denied being addicted to drugs, and Dr. Fuchs told them that they had two options. They could enter a treatment program or resign. Obviously, the twins were furious that this man had the audacity to charge them with such an accusation. And they were also furious about the idea that their reputations would be destroyed if they chose either of the two options. Yeah. They were given until June 12th to make their decision. But when that date rolled around, the brothers asked for more time. So he gave them until the 16th. But the twins never called him back. So Dr. Fuchs had no choice but to recommend to the board that they be terminated. Oof. That didn't stop Cyril from seeing a pregnant patient at, at the hospital the following day. <laughs> They're so fucking obnoxious. This woman was bleeding profusely, <gasps> and she was pregnant. Ugh. She was checked into the hospital by Cyril, and after he like checked her into the room, he left. <gasps> Three hours later... Stuart wandered into the hospital. Oh, God. He was wasted. Now, the husband of the patient saw Stuart and was like, there's the doctor. Right, because they look alike. They look exactly yeah. alike. And he's like, please help my wife. She's yeah. bleeding. And he could tell that Stuart was barely able to stand up. He took a look at the <laughs> woman who was clearly bleeding and in need of help. Yeah. She's pregnant. And he turned to the husband and told him, just take her home. Like, just take her home, man. But fortunately, the husband didn't listen, and he got the attention of another doctor who was able to help save his wife. Ugh. Stuart was asked to get the fuck off the property. Yeah. And that was the last day that either of the Marcus brothers were seen at the hospital. This was what it took, apparently, for Cyril and Stuart to finally admit that they had a problem and needed to clean themselves up. The brothers planned to detox together just by themselves, inside of Cyril's apartment. I mean, this is a very Marcus Brothers move, where they're like, we don't need medical attention for detox. Yeah. We're gynecologist wonder doctors. <laughs> we can detox by ourselves. Yeah. We know what we're doing. Yeah. Look, I know all about detoxing, and there are a couple different drugs that you can actually die from the withdrawal. One of them is alcohol, Yeah. and another one is like, barbiturates and benzos, the, those kinds of prescription drugs. Right. So it is a very dangerous thing to try and detox without proper medical assistance. It can be. Yeah. Uh, it's very dangerous. But these guys had such pride that they were going to do it by themselves. They stocked up on anticonvulsants and food, and they were going to painfully sweat out all of those barbiturates. They didn't need medical assistance, just each other. But they weren't able to complete the detox because at some point they made their way back to a pharmacy to pick up some more drugs to take them. Empty bottles of Nembutal were found later at the apartment with a pickup date of late June. The brothers never picked up the phone and they communicated only with each other during the time they were holed up in that apartment together. They hardly ate and could barely move. At one point, they began using an armchair as a toilet. <gasps> the seat of the armchair became, became piled high with feces. Oh, why? Why is that easier? <laughs> Look, that is, I'm just saying, that is the level of fucked up these guys were oh. from their detox that they were doing. Between July 10th and July 14th of 1975, Stewart died. Now, Cyril managed to drag himself out of the apartment and went downstairs. The doorman of the building asked him if he was okay, and when he attempted to help him, Cyril snapped at him. He's like, I'm fine. I don't need your help. 
He later returned back upstairs to the apartment where his dead brother was laying. Cyril left a note in his typewriter addressed to his ex-wife. He also left out a copy of the book, A Fairly Honorable Defeat, laying out. This was the only book that was left laying out in the room. For the next few days, Cyril sat by his dead brother's side, (gasps) not eating or drinking until he also died. The Marcus twins were 45 years old. At the time of their death, the brothers who stood at 5 feet 11 inches tall were emaciated. Stuart was 120 pounds, <gasps> and Cyril was just over 100 pounds. Jesus. I don't even know how that's possible. That is so emaciated. Yeah. My God. They were fucked up. July 17th, neighbors complained of a strong smell. Ugh. You never, you never want to investigate that. Especially with the feces <laughs> armchair. Well, that added to it. Yeah. That, sorry, that's kittens. <laughs> You never, you never want to investigate the strong smell. And on top of it, you're right, Desi, the feces and the rotting food. I mean, yeah. Now, good old handyman, the, the handyman, he was there again to save the day. His name is William Terrell. He went to investigate. The apartment was littered with garbage, pill bottles, and rotting food. Now, the lieutenant who came to the scene said, quote, there wasn't an inch of floor that wasn't littered. <gasps> It's like Ed Gein. <laughs> Dude, another hoarder story. Yeah. Cyril lay face up on the bed in his underwear, and Stuart was lying beside the bed completely naked. <gasps> Stuart had been dead for four days, and Cyril had been dead for two. So that means that Cyril hung around his dead brother for two days before he himself died. The medical examiner ruled their deaths as caused by an acute withdrawal of barbiturates. No yeah. trace, but no trace of the drug was found in Cyril's body. However, a small trace was found in Stewart's. But still, he he's like both of them. What what exactly happens? Your your body just goes into shock from the withdrawal. Like, I mean, I know from like kicking heroin, it's like the worst flu you've ever had in your life, right? So, without medical attention, though, what happens? Yeah, like your body just. It's too fast. It like, just shuts down. Yeah. Like, I mean... Like, I, what would medical attention do? Would they lower like, you slower and uh, not do cold yeah, turkey? Yes, yes. You're weaned... Well, you're not, like, weaned off the drug, but you are administered other drugs. You're to kind gonna, of take you. Yes, yeah. to help you to, like... So it's not so such a jolt. And also, you're given, like, IV fluids, and, like, you're monitored around the clock. And you're probably already in a bad state from yes. being a drug addict. Absolutely. So you're weaker. And the thing about detox, like, going to a proper medical detox, it still sucks ass. Yeah. But it's safe for yeah you're being monitored you're, and regulated somehow. Yeah. yeah and i do know people who have kicked heroin like on their you know parents couch or whatever and they just sweat it out and like it was the but worst thing luck. ever yeah i mean a lot of like some people die like i haven't heard of people necessarily dying from heroin but i do know of people dying from alcohol withdrawal and yeah. from like benzos yeah which is like xanax yeah and stuff i don't know much about barbiturates do they even make bar like I don't know. It seems like I'm, one of those pills that's old fashioned. It just seems so old school. Like I don't know anyone who took barbiturates. Yeah, but it could just be a category, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's not good. It is not. If you can go to a medical detox, like it's like the. But best that's option. what's so weird. They're doctors. I think this was purely based on their own arrogance yeah. that they were. They don't need help from anyone else. But couldn't they have done it? I guess it's like too hard to do for yourself to regulate yourself. You can't fucking, you can't, there's no way you are so fucked up when you're detoxing. Like you can't monitor things. No, you are like hallucinating. You are like having the most intense chills and sweats of your life. And both of them just together are probably feeding, you know, like they're, they went about this. Like, look, has it been done before? Yes. I'm sure people have like, you know, detoxed, like this is whatever. But like, I think the reason they chose to do this is because they didn't want to admit defeat and they didn't want to admit that the doctor who told them to go to treatment was right. They wanted to come back and be like, see, we're fine. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, It's a very tragic situation. Uh, Now, as for the armchair, 
with the feces. Oh yeah. Look, I haven't left that out. <laughs> I haven't forgotten. I'm about- excited that there's an update. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. You know I looked for an update. You know I wanted to... Please, what happened to the armchair? Is the armchair okay? You know I wanted to wear they now on the shit armchair. uh, Linda Wolf said that when she interviewed police down at the station, she saw in the office a giant blown up photo of the shit covered chair. (laughs) Jesus. That they had displayed. Like it was a huge like poster size. The police had circled the pile of shit in the center of the chair with a red wax pencil and wrote next to it, East Side Doctors, <laughs> with an exclamation point. <laughs> what? I don't know if that was like a dunk on Upper East Side Doctors. Oh, look who's fancy now. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I, that's honestly what I took from it was these dick cops thinking they were funny. Right. Like immature yeah. shitheads. Yeah. Who are just like, look at them now. Yeah. Look what they do in the privacy of their fancy apartment. Yeah. They shit in a chair. On their Rococo chair. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, that's how I pictured it. I pictured it like a Rococo velvet. Yeah. Like with like the wooden carved. Yeah. Like grit. Like they look like claws. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly how I pictured it. Uh, yeah. So that's the story of the Marcus brothers. I'm just like, I mean, did you ever, when I found out that Dead Ringers was based on a real story, I couldn't believe that it was yeah. like that spot on. Cause I have read a few articles cause I've thought of doing this story right. a bunch too. Uh, but yeah, when I've read these real articles, it's just, it's crazy. Like yeah. that these people really existed. I mean, it's just like how... How could they have ended up any other way, in a way? <laughs> like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, It's like they went down with the ship. Like, they just went down with each other. They did not want to exist in the world. With, in any other way? In any other way. They wanted to do it their way. They had absolutely zero humility. Like, I mean, uh, it's hard to even feel sympathy, in a way, because it's like, this is what they wanted. Like, do you know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> like, I, I feel like... I wouldn't say like I'm like these were great guys, but I have certainly feel empathy for them as a drug addict myself in terms of like, yeah, you're fucking but But, but they were already awful before they, the drugs. But they like, were yeah. already assholes. Yeah. I mean I'm not saying I don't feel any sympathy because it's obviously a fucked up case, but like they didn't let anyone else in. Like I'm almost just grateful they didn't hurt anyone else. I'm really. Do you grateful. know what I'm saying? Like, I'm really grateful it was mostly just close calls. I mean, look, I'm sure they scarred some of these pregnant women's, like, uh, you know. Oh, I'm sure emotionally. They, yeah, but I'm grateful that they didn't like kill a baby by accident. Right. Like that is sort of like the silver lining here <laughs> yeah. that they just fucked up themselves. It was like, like dumb luck that yeah. they didn't like maim anybody at the hospital. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, just what an interesting fucking case it reminded me so much of like i mean like dr death you listen to that podcast right oh yeah where this doctor was just like i mean that guy was actually like he was harming people he was physically harming a lot of people because he would like it wasn't even that he was fucked up on drugs he literally did not know what he was doing and the fact that it continued to go on for so long like he's a worse person he was like completely in control of all of his mental faculties. Like he wasn't even fucked up on drugs. No, he just was um, an ego, had an ego right. that was just like, I can do this despite like, all evidence. Yeah. And it's like, no, you can't. Did you even go to medical school? Like where did that guy go to medical school? I can't remember. I should re-listen to that podcast because I did really like it. I did I don't too. remember a lot of the details. I now. was like cringing the whole way. Like I can handle a lot of stuff, but medical stuff freaks me out so it's, bad. That one was really sad because they had people who were affected by him, <sighs> like the family members and stuff. People who were fucked up for life because of him. Yeah. Really uh, weird. Yeah. But yeah. But you guys should go watch Dead Ringers if you haven't before. It's one. It's a. It's just filled with dread from start to finish. I have a good one for next year that's twins. I didn't get to it this year because mine was a double parter. Yeah. But I'm excited for it. Yeah. I'll save it. I'll put it on the list. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I can and I can do the one that I was gonna do, but the book wasn't available on ebook. Right. So I'll order the book for next year. Yeah. No, that'll be good. But yeah, good ha- good Halloween month, <sighs> I think. I'm gonna miss it. We gotta figure out some like Christmas Christmassy and Thanksgiving y adjacent yeah. ideas. 
we'll see what our next theme will be. We'll try and we'll try and do another theme month. Maybe we'll do a Valentine's month. Ooh, I have some good ones. Cool. Like lovers. 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 Right. <laughs> like twin lovers. Twin lovers. Dude, I wonder uh, if these guys fucked each other. I bet you they jerked off with each other. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I bet like, they did. Like they watched stuff. They or did watched that, each other. They did that Dutch rudder thing. Ooh, what's that? Don't isn't that where you like jerk off like with each other? <laughs> like you pull Dutch each rudder? other. You pull each other's hands. Like your hands. The old Dutch rudder. <laughs> you guys know what I, our listeners know what I'm talking about. I've never heard Dutch rudder. I only know about it from Zach and Miri make a porno. Oh, wait, okay, so you, you you jerk off each other's. No, so Desi, you're holding your penis and uh-huh. I'm holding mine. <laughs> okay, and you. Take my hand. No, you grab my arm while I'm holding my dick, and I grab your arm while that's holding your dick. Can so we rock? Oh, <laughs> so, so it's kind of like it's like I'm not red te- rover. Well, yeah, it's like I'm not technically touching your dick, but I'm moving your arm. Oh, so you're moving my arm that's stroking my dick. Yes, and oh. we're moving it together. There's some weird dick things that I was researching <laughs> recently. One of them was called docking. Do you oh, know what that I know. Is? Of course, that's a classic. That's, I mean, you got to have, that's why it's bad to be circumcised. You need that foreskin to dock. You need the foreskin to dock. Look, our our gay um, listeners with penises, they know all about docking. And then the other thing I was researching was frottage. Do you oh, know that? Oh, yeah, I know about frottage. Yeah. So there's lots of cool dick things. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're up late at night Googling dick things. Dick, dicks are cool. Yeah. You got to love them. You got to love them. I mean, look. <laughs> Sometimes they're attached to people we don't like, but the in dicks general, are fine. But dicks are interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, have, have a great week. Yeah, bye. On that note, Happy bye bye. Happy Halloween.